The holiday of Hanukkah is unique, as our rabbis tell us that when Mashiach will come, even though the other holidays will be nullified, the holiday of Hanukkah will be for all eternity. Hanukkah will be forever and ever. This concept that Hanukkah will be for all eternity is found within the very first letter of the word Hanukkah, the letter Ches. As the Alter Rebbe explains in chapter 12 of Shaykh al-Vamuna, the Alter Rebbe says over there that a letter that is the first letter of the word is the most powerful letter of the word and it's the dominating letter of the entire word. And all the other letters of the word are nullified and secondary to this one letter. And this one letter actually is koilil, which means it includes the entire word that comes from this letter. So therefore, the letter Ches, which is the first letter of Hanukkah, is the dominating letter of Hanukkah. What is the meaning of the letter Ches? And how does Ches represent this concept of the Messianic era and a concept that is eternal? First and foremost, the, the number for the letter Ches, the gematria for Ches, is eight. And we know that the number seven represents nature. There are seven days in the week. Eight is transcendence, a number beyond nature. So the first letter of Hanukkah, which is the letter Ches, which equals eight, alludes to the concept of a, an idea that is beyond time and nature. And furthermore, we say that the kinor, the harp, that will be used when Mashiach will come in the Third Holy Temple will be a harp of eight strings, implying this idea of super-rational and transcendence, which is the era of Mashiach. This is the gematria, the number of ches, the number for the letter ches, which is the number eight. We also know, of course, that Hanukkah is eight days, alluding to this concept, which is a level beyond time and nature. What is the meaning of the letter Ches? The meaning of the letter Ches is Cheirus, or Cheirut, which means freedom. When will the Jewish people, and when will the world experience the ultimate freedom when Mashiach comes? So Hanukkah is a taste of that freedom because we, the Maccabees, overcame the oppressors, the enemies, the Syrian Greeks, that did not allow us to follow the Torah and keep our religion. And the same will be true when Mashiach will come, that the entire world will be free to serve one God. What is the design of the letter Ches? The letter Ches is made up of three lines. The three lines represent machshava, dibur, maise, which is thought, speech, and action. Now normally, when a person thinks about something and then he says something, so from the thought and the speech until you come down to the action, 
to the separation, to the struggle between the thought and the action, or the speech and the action. You want to build a home. You're talking about building a home. But when you actually build a home, this takes a lot of preparation and a lot of time and a lot of money. So not always what you want to do or what you actually do can you do. But one of the, the prophecies and one of the blessings of the Messianic era will be that you will think it and you will say it and then you will do it without any struggle or intermission in between from the speech until the action. So this is the concept of the letter Ches. But in truth, we can take it a step further. Because in the Sefer Torah, the way the letter Ches is written, based on the teachings of the Arizal, is that the letter Ches is really made up of three separate letters. It has the Vav on one side, the Zayin on the left side, and then you have the Chateteres, the upside-down V in the middle that unites both the right side and the left side together. Now, how do we understand this? The Gemara tells us in the Tractate of Shabbos that there is an argument between Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel. There's an argument between the school of Shammai and the school of Hillel. What does Shammai say? Shammai says that on the first night of Hanukkah, you should light... Eight candles. The second night of Hanukkah, you light seven candles. And the third night of Hanukkah, you light six candles. And finally, on the last night of Hanukkah, you light only one candle. Hillel says the opposite. The first night, we light one. The second night, we light two. The third night, we light three. Who is the halacha like? The halacha we know follows, of course, Hillel. The first night, we light one. The second night we light two. And this is also found in the name of Hanukkah, which the name Hanukkah is an acronym for Ches Neidois Valacha Kebeis Hillel, eight candles, and the law is like Beis Hillel. But the question is, what is the, the Savara? What is the logic between Shammai and Hillel? Why does Shammai say that the first night we should light one, eight, and Hillel says that the first night we light only one. A famous rabbi by the name of Rabbi Yosef Engel said that the argument is based on a concept of potential and reality. Do we follow one's potential or do we follow one's reality? And therefore, on the first night of Hanukkah, we have the potential for the light for eight days. And therefore, because we have such potential, to bring out this potential, we are to light eight candles. Hillel says, no, we don't follow potential, we follow reality. And therefore, because tonight is the first night, in reality, we only light one candle. The Rebbe asks a question, and that is, why would anyone think we should follow the potential? We know that every human being is born with tremendous potential, but yet very few human beings are able to truly actualize their potential. There are great artists and great musicians and great singers and great writers, but these are people that actualize their potential. It takes at least 10,000 hours to bring your potential into a reality. Now, not every person is able to do this, or not every person actually does it. So yet, why would we follow the potential over the reality?
And so the Rebbe explains that we're dealing here with a mitzvah. We're dealing here with a godly act, not with a good act. When it comes to a godly act, when it comes to God, we know that God's potential does not lack reality. When God says, I want to create a world and let there be light, all of a sudden there is light. When God says, let there be man, there is man. There's no struggle. There's no intermediary or intermission between the thought process and the speech and the reality. His potential is reality. So because we're dealing here with a mitzvah, says Shammai, we should follow the potential. Because God's potential is reality. Hillel, on the other hand, says, even when it comes to the mitzvah, and God's potential is reality, the question here is, what is the focus of the mitzvah? When a person does a mitzvah, is the focus that God told me to do the mitzvah, is the focus God? Or is the focus to bring the mitzvah down into the physical world? What is the focus? And this is really the, the argument between Shammai and Hillel. Shammai says we have to focus on the potential, which means we have to focus on God, who is the commander who gave us the mitzvah. Hillel says we have to focus on the action of the mitzvah, what the mitzvah has to accomplish. Why did God give us the mitzvah? What is the objective of the mitzvah? So it's the reality of the mitzvah. In other words, they both agree that the mitzvah was given by God, and they both agree that the mitzvah has an objective. The question is, where is the focal point? Say, Shammai, we focus the mitzvah on God, on the potential. Hillel comes along and says, we have to focus on the objective of the mitzvah. Now this concept becomes more clear and more lucid when we also adapt another approach to the argument between Shammai and Hillel. Our rabbis tell us in the Kabbalah that the soul of Hillel came from the world of chesed, from the attribute of kindness. And the soul of Shammai came from the attribute of gevura, which is severity and judgment and criticism. Now these two concepts of kindness and severity are compared to water and fire. What is the concept of kindness? The concept of kindness is that it's not enough that the rich man or the benefactor has the good feeling and the desire to want to give the charity, which is the potential, but he must actually give the charity so that the recipient, the beneficiary, can now benefit from that money. So the idea of chesed is kindness. Kindness is like water that travels from a higher place to a lower place. This is also found within the graphic design of the letter Vav. What is the letter Vav? The Vav is like a chute that comes from a higher world to a lower world to bring down that potential into reality, to bring that, that love and emotion for another person down into the actual good deed. 
That is the letter Vav. Shammai, who deals with the potential. Shammai, who is Gevura, severity, which is compared to fire. Fire starts on the bottom but goes upward. Implying that even though we are humans down here doing the physical deed, we have to look upward towards God who is the creator and the cause and the potential of every reality. The letter Zion in the Kabbalah, it states that the letter Zion is from the world of Gevura, from the attribute of severity. And this concept is underscored when we look into the Mishnah. In the Mishnah, it states, in the Tractate of Kalim, chapter 14, Mishnah number 2, it says like this, that if a person has a stick, a makhil, and on top of the makhil, he places a masmer kmin chazyona. He puts on top of this stick a nail that looks like a, a knob, a doorknob or a bulb, and he puts it on top of the stick or rod. And the purpose of this is to be an assault weapon, to either protect himself or, or to fight against someone else. Says the Mishnah that that stick is tummy, that stick is impure. But the, the graphic design of the Zayin, says the Kabbalah, is this staff, this rod, that has on top of it... A, a ball or a bulb or a knob that is round that gives it the look of the Zion. It's interesting, the Mishnah does not start with the ball on top and the rod on the bottom, but on the contrary, we're going upward. We first have a rod, and on top of the rod we put this ball, we put this bulb. And this becomes now an assault weapon, which again represents the idea of gavura, the idea of strength, the idea of criticism, the idea of severity. So here we see the right side is Hillel, which is the letter Vav, and the left side is Shammai, which is the letter Zion. Hillel representing the idea of kindness coming down, Shammai representing the idea of going up. Hillel representing the, potent, the reality, and Shammai representing the potential. Now, the Arizal tells us like this. When Mashiach will come, the halacha will be like Shammai. In other words, even though now all of the arguments between Shammai and Hillel, the halacha is like Hillel over Shammai. However, when Mashiach will come, the halacha will be like Shammai. And he bases this on a Mishnah ethics of our fathers that says any argument that is for the sake of heaven, for example, the argument of Shammai and Hillel, they were fighting not because they didn't like each other, but rather they were fighting because they both believed in a certain truth to glorify God's name, says the Mishnah that in the end their opinion will be fulfilled. And therefore says that is out that even though now that Lacha is like Hillel, in the end, when Mashiach will come, then the Lacha will be like Shammai, will follow the approach of Shammai, 
And therefore, literally speaking, instead of lighting the first night of Hanukkah one candle, we're going to follow the opinion of, of Shammai, and on the first night of Hanukkah, we're going to light eight candles. However, the Rebbe has a problem with this approach. And the Rebbe said it makes no sense. Because if we are saying that any argument that is for the sake of heaven in the end will be fulfilled, so when Mashiach will come and Allah will be like Shammai, then Hillel is going to lose out. Then his opinion is not going to be fulfilled. Says the Rebbe that the Pshat is, the interpretation is, that when Mashiach will come, the opinion will be like both, both Shammai and Hillel. In other words, the first night of Hanukkah, we're going to combine the Vav and the Zion together because we're going to bring down a greater reality and we're going to accomplish both opinions. Now, how is it possible that you can light a menorah on one hand, only light one candle? On the other hand, you're lighting eight candles. Either I'm lighting eight or I'm lighting one. I can't do both. This will be the miracle of Mashiach. This is called Nimna Hamim Noiz. Two opposites will come together. There will be a harmony between both opinions. And even though this is a concept that right now we cannot grasp, because how is it possible to light one candle and at the same time light eight candles, or to light eight candles and at the same time light one candle? This is the mystery and the miracle of the letter Ches, that we have this upside-down V, this Chatoiteres, which unites these two realities and makes it one. And that will be displayed, and that will be realized, and that will be revealed only when Mashiach comes. So already on Hanukkah, on the first night of Hanukkah, when we call the holiday Hanukkah, and we start out with the letter Ches, we are told that this holiday of Hanukkah will be for all eternity, even when Mashiach comes, which is an era and a time that is beyond nature. And then we will have the ability to unite two opposites together. And that is the ultimate peace. That is the ultimate tranquility, to take two opposites and to synthesize them as one. So this year, when you light the Hanukkah candles and you make the blessings and you realize that you are bringing light into the world, realize that this light and this candle that you are kindling is not only for the first night or the second night of Hanukkah, but this light will continue to shed brightness and illumination forever and ever, now and for all eternity. Happy Hanukkah.